Support for Health Matters on MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center, located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. Additional information on the Northeast AHEC is available online at neahec.org. Hello and welcome to Health Matters. I am your host and radio health evangelist, Dr. Tony Weaver. This is 2020, a new hope show. I went to Star Wars over Christmas. And I think I'm the only person on the face of the planet who didn't get to see that movie. I had such a terrible schedule through the holidays that I literally did not have the opportunity to go see the movie. It was good. You should go see it. Yep. Well, you know, but then when you look at the reviews, half the people say it was the best thing since sliced bread, and the other half say, eh. Now I'm in the middle, but, you know, if you've watched all the other seven, you might as well yeah, I, I think there was such a division, apparently, that half, no matter what they did, half the people were going to say it's good and half say it's bad. It's just that these are very opinionated people, apparently, who uh, have expectations for exactly how the script should have been written. But there's new hope. There is new hope. We well, maybe that's what we will actually. That's the first thing we'll talk about. Thanks to our listeners at True Talk Internet Radio and a special radio wave to those friendly folks at the MSU Ronald G. Eaglin Space Science Center. With me now, my co-medical host, starting off the new decade from the University of Kentucky Physician Assistant Program, Assistant Professor Shelley Irving. Hi, Shelley. Hello. And also from the University of Kentucky, the Executive Director of Networking and Infrastructure, to explain to you once again, as he did throughout the past decade, how to access Health Matters on the web, Rick Phillips. Hey, Rick. Hey, Tony. And I would be remiss if I didn't correct you and say, this actually probably marks the third decade in which I'm telling these directions. (laughs) Right? Have we or have we not entered into the third decade of health matters? Well, we started in 2003. You can argue that we have occupied two decades and now a third, or you can say in 2023, we have uh, we will be 20 years on the air. No, that's not the way it works. The decade happens between the zero and the nine, right? You know, and, and you would think after two decades of working together, you would know how much that irritates me. <laughs> I, I mean, so okay, it's 2003. Now you can mathematically group this any way you want to. I'm not mathematically grouping it. I'm grouping it logically. But the, the, There's the a years, difference. in fact, does the change of decades... You have to take the math out of the word decade. A decade is from zero. There's the 2000s. There's, they don't have the 73s on 70 on Sirius XM Radio. WMKY.org. Remember, Rick? You remember that? No, <laughs> we're going to get the terminology straight before we start this new year off with new hope. Oh, boy. I think the hope is just And the hope left. is just draining. <laughs> well, I just wanted to see if everybody missed us. So, the important stuff. WMKY.org. That's right. It is Moorhead State Public Radio's website. That's where you go to get a list of the most recent Health Matters shows. You can go there, read about the show, get a little summary. But most importantly, there's a link there where you can download the show, listen to the show, podcast the show. It's right there for your listening pleasure. After that, interact with the show. We still have our fan page. Even though we took a little bit of a break over Christmas, we managed to keep a few fans. We still have the fan page. You can go to facebook.com slash Show and you will find the Health Matters crew. Um, you can leave us some feedback, talk about show topics, news articles that came in. We're happy to interact with you. That's, that's your way to get to the staff and the crew of Health Matters. We would encourage you to certainly interact with the, the show. And again, you can find that at facebook.com slash show. Our sponsor for today's show, 
This is an interesting one. How to be healthy in 48 words. This is an article by Dr. Yanni Friedhoff, associate professor. Is of it an Medicine article or a paragraph at the University of Ottawa? It's 48 it's words. 48 words, but then she explains the 48 words, which takes more than 48 words. Well, that's kind of a lie. That's it's not 48 words then. This is the way the show is starting. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm processing this. It's Apparently, a new hope. we're not it going a to have a uh, health matters radio. You really show thought week. things were going to change? All right, the first two words: don't smoke. And she says, and I absolutely agree with her, there's not much that needs to be said here. I think the one thing I would say is do not, when we say don't smoke, let me be more specific, do not set fire to or vaporize anything and put it in your mouth and suck it into your lungs. There is really nothing that you can do that to that is going to be good for your health. And we have learned that, I think, the hard way, and we will still be learning it well into the new millennium, well into the new decade, uh, that uh, it is not a good idea. Your brain loves you to inhale things uh, because it gives it a rush of chemicals. It very much reinforces that behavior, but, boy, it is hard on your health. Just about anything you set fire to and put in your mouth is going to give you trouble. Number two, get vaccinated. We're up to four words now. Uh, This is what Dr. Friedhoff says. She says the world is facing outbreaks of vaccine-preventable diseases that were well on their way to eradication. Measles killed 140,000 people worldwide, most occurring children under age 5. Influenza, almost uh, somewhere between 300,000 and 650,000 global deaths per year. Now, the reason influenza is tough is it's sort of a gateway virus. If you get influenza, then there is there follows a, a big rush, an, an epidemic of pneumonia and other respiratory problems. It creates systemic inflammation, which will set off strokes and heart attacks. And so it's really hard to chase down how many people died as a result of contracting the influenza virus. But the numbers are absolutely huge. We generally talk uh, 30 to 50,000 people in the United States every flu season. And, and I will tell you, I absolutely believe that. You say, well, that sounds like funny math. Uh, during the peak of flu season, January, January and February, it is darn hard to get a hospital bed or a clinic appointment anywhere uh, because of the number of people who are sick. You can call it what you want, but much of that seems to be generated by influenza. Just parenthetically, I've got a Gallup report here from January 14th. Fewer Americans believe it is important for their parents to get their children vaccinated than in the past. In 2019, 84% of Americans think that it is extremely important for parents to get their children vaccinated. Same as in 2015, 94% was in 2001. So over the past 20 years, we have uh, dropped 10 percentage points in the percent of Americans who feel that it's very important to get vaccinated. This is unfortunate. You know, if you're a medical professional, vaccination is just the simplest, the most logical thing to do. You simply introduce the offending germ, virus, whatever, to your immune system, and then you let your immune system develop its own defense mechanisms. You don't take chemicals. This is nothing that's made in factories. It is simply bits and pieces of viruses that allows your body to prepare itself for when it sees the whole virus. And if you think, well, I would rather have a live and potentially lethal virus uh, to get a foothold in my body and then let my immune system start from behind, you haven't really paid attention. It's kind of like studying for an exam, right? Yeah. You take the vaccine, that's your study, and then when the real test comes, you're prepared for it. And we're, we're not prepared for it. And, and I don't mean to be offensive, but it, it's like our IQ is dropping. Well, so, that wasn't very offensive. 
or hopeful. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no offense taken. <laughs> IQ dropping. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, where's the offense in that? Yeah, I mean, all right. Well, people people been calling me dumb my whole life. But and, actually, and technically, so I might add. Technically, you're not calling me dumb. You're calling me dumber. Yeah, yeah. Well, IQ. you know, we 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 have prob. I think we have now dropped below herd immunity for several of these, and that's where the real problem. Happens. I don't like the way you say herd immunity. Right. Now, what that means, let's, let's, let's oh, clarify that because you're absolutely right, that Shelley. This is a problem. You don't have to get vaccinated if 99% of the people are vaccinated because you'll never see the virus or the disease in the first place. <laughs> but as the total number of people who are vaccinated drops, the virus establishes a foothold and then it is easier to spread. And that's one of the things we see with measles. You have to have a high percentage of people vaccinated or the epidemic starts. And then it's pretty much every man for himself. Whereas we can, as a group, protect each other. I know in 2020, uh, we're not really into community things and group things, but uh, we actually can look out for each other and help each other by getting vaccinated. And that's why it is a public health issue, not a personal decision. Your decision affects uh, your neighbor's risk of uh, getting an infection or a disease. I'll go one more, and I can see uh, we're up to four words out of uh, 48. This is going to be most of the show. Avoid trans fats. Trans fats in particular. Now, we've been, we've struggled with, uh, is sugar worse than fat? Are there certain types of fats that are worse than other types of fats? Uh, And and we've had difficulty in figuring out. Trans fats actually were introduced uh, to try to replace saturated fats. It turns out they are probably the worst thing that we can do. They have been banned, but they are both still in products that were, are older, and they also can be generated. Vegetable shortening, uh, if it has uh, uh, trans fats in it, you, you see this partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. If you see that in the ingredients, it should go back. But some types of popcorn, certain margarines, fried fast foods in particular, they will be fried many times in uh, uh, oil that contains trans fats. And the problem is the oil, it actually gets worse and worse the more you fry in it, and they may not change it out enough. Bakery products, muffins, cakes, pastries, donuts, vegetable shortening or margarine can have trans fats. Non-dairy coffee creamers, they are also known as coffee whiteners. I did not know that. Sounds like uh, your tires or something. You've got to get that whitener in there. And then some other sources, uh, potato chips, uh, sweet pies, pizza, canned frosting, things that are made, again, with margarine or partially hydrogenated vegetable oils. Uh, That is the first seven words of the 48. Obviously, we're going to have to work a little faster on the remaining words. Shout out to our friend Ashley Gibson. Ashley is the smoking cessation coordinator at St. Clair Healthcare, and she also has a, uh, an appointment with the Gateway District Health Department for the same thing. Ashley is conducting free, let me say it again, free smoking cessation classes March 10th, 2020 from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. at the Clark RECC building uh, in Frenchburg, Kentucky. Now, this Freedom From Smoking program, there are proven activities to help you understand the risk of cigarettes and to develop alternatives. They will continue weekly for seven weeks starting March 10th. If you want to know, for and uh, if you participate, first of all, you can get free nicotine patches or nicotine gum to help you quit. And if you have perfect attendance over all seven weeks, you'll be entered in a drawing to win a smart TV. Nice. So you can clear the haze and watch TV. 
You can also access a class from anywhere with your smartphone because she's putting that on the internet. Uh, all you have to do is download an app. Here's the number for more information and signing up. It's area code 606. It's 783-6470. We will repeat it in our next fractional portion. So grab a pen and paper and get ready. Once again, 783-6470. Ashley will help you stop smoking. And stopping smoking, after all, was the first two words of the 48. That was easy. Yeah. All right. I've got a minute left in this fractional portion. And whose fault is that? Mine. Thank you. There is hope. There is hope. <laughs> That's exactly right. He's, he's... All right. So uh, now, now you've, we've talked away 15 But I want to ask you, and, and I ask everybody, you're going to call this 2020? No. Yes. Yes. 2020. Maybe. I probably will. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't we, want to agree with you, but you're probably. I, I right. know, but but we, we, you know, when we were down at 2010 and 2011, we didn't call it 2011. We called it 2011. <laughs> but most people are going to 2020. The one thing I got 30 seconds. The one thing I would point out is when you are in Kentucky, you soften that second T, so it is not 2020. Uh, it is 2020. Right, 2020. 2020 sounds like what should follow itsy bitsy, in my opinion. And so I'm struggling. I don't want to say 2020, I don't want to say 2020, and I don't want to say 2020. So I may not even speak for the rest of the year. The decade, you mean? <laughs> no, I get to 2021. Well, it'll be the I'm decade fine. for 10 years. You're okay so with 2021. Okay. I'm okay with the break, too. Take one with us, and we'll be back with our second fractional portion. You're listening to Health Matters on Moorhead State Public Radio. Support for MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center, located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. The Northeast AHEC connects students to careers, professionals to communities, and communities to better health. The Northeast AHEC strives to improve the supply and distribution of healthcare professionals through community and academic educational partnerships. More information is available online at neahec.org. Hello and welcome back. This is the second fractional portion of Health Matters. I'm Rick Phillips. I'm Shelley Irving. I'm Dr. Tony Weaver. This is 2020, A New Hope. We have really dashed your hopes this time, haven't we? Well, one thing I will tell you, in the year 2020, everyone's strategic vision for the organization comes into fruition. I mean, right now, you should be asking yourself, did that strategic vision that we coined back in 2013, did that thing come true or not? Because everybody had 2020 as their target date for whatever improvement they were making. Yeah, but let's be honest. I mean, taglines have just, I mean, the taglines are going to get silly, you know, where people say, you know, have 2020 vision or, you know, I mean, there's going to be all, I've already seen a few of them floating around about companies playing on the 2020 vision. Oh, yeah. The New Year's Day parade. He's gotten rid of my glasses. I can see 2020 from here. Al Roker said that. New Year's Day. See, I didn't watch that. Yeah. That would have just, I would have turned My wife watches parades. I I have watched Your wife. He's air quoting around that. It was him. He was one watching. Yeah. Um, uh, Macy's uh, Thanksgiving and uh, the uh, Tournament of Roses. Every year, we watch the dog show and we watch the uh, parades. It's just that's a Weaver family tradition. That's sad, but <laughs> it's true. Speaking of dog shows, let's... our sponsor for the second time: <laughs> How to Be Healthy in Just Forty Eight Words. The first two words: Don't smoke. And reminding you, if you don't want to smoke, you should call six zero six seven eight three six four seven zero. Ashley Gibson will help sign you up for her classes that will be conducted at the Clark RECC Building in Frenchburg, Kentucky on March 10th from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. You can access them through your smartphone. They will be broadcast online.
online as well. You get free nicotine patches or gum. There is a seven-week class. If you attend all seven sessions, you will be eligible to win a smart TV. It's a lot of good things happening there at the Clark RECC building, but you've got to call the number 783 I'm sorry, 6470, that's 783 Ask for Ashley and sign up for this program. Uh, so that's the first two words, don't smoke. The second two words, 48 words to be healthy, get vaccinated. We talked about that. The third, uh, the uh, seven words is uh, avoid trans fats. Uh, and now we are up to words eight and onward. Cook from whole ingredients and minimize restaurant meals. We're up to 23 words now. That was a pretty big one. Make sense? Uh, so we're trying to get away from processed food. Uh, if you cook with whole ingredients, you're going to use more vegetables. Restaurant meals, the problem is uh, for most of us, uh, if you have a personal chef, if you are going to a restaurant that has someone who is making healthy foods, that's one thing. But for most of us, when we go to the restaurant, the restaurant is there to try to make things taste better and keep our business. They do that by increasing the fat content, increasing the salt, and so forth. Replace saturated fats with unsaturated if you can. And once again, uh, avoid lard Minimize ultra-processed foods. That gets uh, to uh, 26. That's some big words. And uh, she comments, ultra-processed foods may well play a large role in our global struggles with obesity. People eating roughly a meal's worth of calories per day when the food they ate was ultra-processed. The smallest amount you need to enjoy your life is a goal. Now, so the thing is, if you could get, uh, I remember very well when I was growing up, and I've talked about it before, a space food stick. Uh, a uh, a thing in aluminum foil that contains a bunch of minerals and nutrients or a milkshake uh, or something like that. Or you could eat a carrot, eat the carrot. Ultra processed versus whole foods. So that would include things like processed meats as well? Yeah, I, we've talked about the diet. You can't prove that you would live longer because there's a lot of reason why people eat meat. Uh, there are socioeconomic differences. There are religious differences. Uh, there are geographic differences and cultural differences. So it's really hard to separate it out. But I think she's right. She's on the right uh, track. It does appear that uh, if you look at the spectrum of foods that you eat, if you emphasize more vegetables uh, and less processed foods, minimize those uh, processed foods, uh, those are the things that, that come, as we said, in geometric shapes, in a vacuum-sealed pack, in an aluminum foil pouch. Uh, if you can just pick up something that, and wash it off and eat it, uh, those are the less processed foods. It's probably going to be healthier for you. And then all of a sudden we switch gears. We've talked a lot about then what do you put in your mouth and getting vaccinated. Uh, the next two words are uh, cultivate relationships. Socializing appears crucial to good health. A 2010 meta-analysis, more than 300,000 people found the mortality risks associated with loneliness were comparable to those associated with smoking and exceeded those seen with lack of physical activity or obesity. There's no right way to do it, but uh, connecting with friends, active in an online community with an in-person club, volunteering for a cause you feel strongly about, joining a recreational sports team, singing in the choir, uh, playing in the band, the orchestra, so forth, whatever you can find to cultivate those relationships. And the uh, United Kingdom has a minister of loneliness. They, they decided that this was enough of a health issue that they needed to do that. I'm not as, I think the online is, I, I know there are some studies that just say you need to connect. I do worry a little bit about online co connections. I think, you know, somebody needs to see what you look like to tell you you don't look good today, to tell you that uh, there might be something wrong. Or just to tell you they appreciate you or it's good to see you, you know. Yeah. The next two gets us up to 30. Nurture sleep. 
You know, and when I will tell you, when I first started uh, here at St. Clair, please don't boo, but Rick Pitino was coaching at the University of Kentucky. After I started here, uh, he took over as coach. And one of the things I remember about Rick Pitino, they said, is that he got uh, generally four hours or less of sleep a night. He was one of those manly men who could go with practically no sleep. Well, one, you see how that turned out. Just point that out. Uh, but two, going on four hours of sleep a night, for most of us, is not a very healthy thing to do. Not associated with longevity. Mm-hmm. So what is your average hours per night? I'm actually, she talks about nurturing it. I'm trying to get them up. I have been at six hours, and I'm trying to get more. Uh, it's, uh, it is hard for me to put things down and just go to bed. I have trouble with that. Dark, cool, quiet rooms, regular bedtimes, decreased caffeine, uh, this will help uh, with uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, and obesity. It turns out uh, there is a, a relationship there. Um, and also, uh, if you there's something called the Stop Bang Quiz, S-T-O-P-B-A-N-G. Look it up. Uh, that uh, is our screening quiz for obstructive sleep apnea, a very common condition that uh, interferes with sleep and we think may drive some I- other illnesses as well. Uh, so one way or the other, try to improve your sleep quantity and quality. Shelly and I had uh, uh, words uh, 30 through 35 uh, had some issues with. Uh, it says drink alcohol at most moderately. Yeah, don't drink would have been. Say shouldn't it just Got say, shouldn't words. they conserve some words and say drink alcohol modestly? You could do that at mm-hmm. most moderately, they said. And I think what they're saying is, yeah, as Shelley said, maybe it's good not to drink at all. Alcohol thought to lead directly to nearly 90,000 deaths here in the United States. Increased risk of injuries. That's one that we don't talk so much about. Uh, violence, heart disease, liver disease, and cancer. And there appears to be no minimum amount that is safe in terms of uh, uh, a uh, uh, keeping you from an increased risk of cancer. As with any indulgence, quoting Dr. Friedhoff, as with any indulgence, the goal should be the smallest amount you need to like your life. If that's more than a drink per day for women or two for men, and you're concerned you may have a dependence on alcohol, consider seeking help. This It's just one episode of Health Matters. Well, if you need alcohol to like your life, that says a lot right there. Yeah, well, yeah you need Health Matters. Social mm-hmm. lubricant. Uh, you need to nurture relationships and get more sleep. That's true. All right. Uh, This one I also like. This is seven. Uh, Exercise as often as you can enjoy. (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think think that's the problem. Most of us do, and that's the issue. Yeah, you think that... uh, I can get in line with that. As as much, as often as you can enjoy, not necessarily... uh, And so... I think you need to take the word enjoy out. I think that needs to be after, or it needs to be before the drinking one, because now I understand the drinking one. Yeah. The overall, here's what she says. I, I want to quote her because I see that she is receiving a rather cool reception in the studio today. Exercise increases lifespan, treats many, treats or prevents many, if not most, chronic diseases. My exercise mantra is simple. Some is good. More is better. Everything counts. It's also most likely better to do a small amount of exercise consistently than a large amount temporarily. And I like everything that she said. And I think the idea is to try to find ways, to to work to find ways that you can enjoy exercising. 
and this is for some of us is work. And it, I think the other thing is it changes whether you're exercising with your children, with your spouse, with your friends, whether you develop arthritis, uh, whether you have an injury, all those type of things will change the type of exercise uh, you can enjoy. I have told, I can't tell you how many people, and I believe this, although there's not a lot of uh, scientific data to support me, I believe that a rocking chair is better than a recliner. I think that being in motion is a better thing to do uh, than being absolutely still. And I, um, I am trying to follow that in my life as well. And then finally, uh, we're at 42. We go to 48. Drink only the calories you love. Drink. So not eat. Drink. Drink only the calories that you love. That is, I mean, okay. you have to ask yourself, do I love this beverage more than water? Water is clearly the best thing you should drink. Uh, it is relatively inexpensive if you're sensible about it, and it is very good for your health. And there is, you know, coffee is a, a pretty good thing to do. It also, though, coffee by itself is pretty low calorie. So if you're going to put calories in your liquids, the problem is that does not make you full. It doesn't really have any nutritional value. It simply adds calories. Now, I will flip that around. If I have a person who's getting chemotherapy for cancer, an older person who's struggling to maintain their weight, we put calories in everything that goes in their mouth, including drinks. But for most of us, this is an area where we could avoid calories is with our drinks. Dr. Friedhoff says uh, calorie, liquid calories don't fill you up. Probably eat the same amount of food no matter how many calories are in your beverages. There are no beverages with sufficient proven health benefits to warrant going out of your way to drink them. And beverage calories in large part come from sugar and alcohol. <laughs> so we're back to that again. If you do drink calories, you love the ones you're drinking, and then again, only in the smallest quantity you need to be satisfied. Those are her 48 words. I thought that was a pretty powerful message. We'll hit it one more time in our third and fractional portion, and then I promise you we will move on. Uh, we've gotten so far behind now, we're already bleeding over into the next show. I start, I'll, I'll tell you, the show for me starts then uh, with this one, December 9th. Uh, this was military.com. Humana overbilled 25,000 military members for up to 100 times the bills that they owed. That was bills of 4000 to $110,000. Some beneficiaries, uh, they, they pulled that from credit cards or automatic withdrawal, and uh, they faced overdraft fees and so forth. Humana said it was working with banks to resolve any fees and, and block charges caused by the error. We will try to do this, said their spokesperson, Mark Mathis. We pledge we will do everything we can to ensure beneficiaries are not adversely affected by this error, including covering overdraft and related fees. I will tell you what they won't cover is when I go up and I look at my financial statement, if I'm a, we're a military person, and I see a bill for $110,000 that I did not know I had. There is nothing they can do to cover that. That moment of panic. Have you ever had that? Where you go, holy smokes, yeah. this is bad. Maybe. Not in this decade. So is this a... a it's like so a, easy to render you speechless. Yeah. yeah. You used to be much harder to render speechless. Well, it's a new hope. See, know. now you're doing it. Well, you're doing it. Don't, don't stoop to our level. Yeah. $110,000 overcharge. We're here to do that for you. But you, can you imagine? And I mean, these, obviously, I mean, a lot of this stuff, you they have access to your bank account. It's an automatic withdrawal. And, and you think, well, how could you do that? How can you make 100 times my monthly fee? How do you make that level of error? Well, well, 
that was my question. Is this a, an electronic error? Was this a decimal in the wrong place? Like what what yeah, happened? I think it was electronic, and, and it, it points out. You know, we everything is so automated now. We just assume that someone checks, some sentient human being <laughs> checks to make sure that it's within a hundred times. <laughs> now you're being funny. Okay, Mister Technology. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Rick is uh, he's not going to help me any with this, but of course uh, not. No, but at any rate, I. I, uh, I mean, you know, uh, hey, look, computers are only as smart as the dumbest programmer, and I've met lots of dumb programmers. I've met really brilliant ones, but uh, again, if and, and then here's the thing: even if your your coder is brilliant, we still make mistakes. People make human errors. Now you got to have testing regimens to try to to you know, to catch all those mistakes, and a lot of companies do a really good job of that. But not everybody does. And then and then sometimes there's that whole human error aspect of it where something gets entered incorrectly or well, you can't make excuses for it all the time. Every once in a while you just got to sit back and laugh at it. I'm just glad it wasn't my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, that sort of messes up. And it was, uh, again, this was early December. I mean, I got a bill after Christmas, but it didn't make me go, oh, man. Yeah, had $110,000 of your Christmas spending, and somebody's going to – Somebody's going to take notice of that. Uh, the other thing here, again, I'm trying to clean up a little bit we had in December. This was the naughty and nice list for 2019. Remember 2019? You remember that? That was a decade ago. Yeah, it was. And um, I actually have uh, some of the, the... See, now that's how he's supposed to act. The best of 2019. Best, I guess, and worst of 2019. I don't know if we're even going to get to it this time. We'll, we'll catch that next time. But this was the naughty and nice list for the year 2019. Uh, the naughty, uh, the the top naughty one they mentioned is the Sackler family and Purdue Pharma, a wave of lawsuits over their role with the opioid addiction crisis. Tufts University erased the family's name from all programs and buildings at its Boston medical campus. Now, they took the money, you understand. Yeah. They named the building after the Sackler family, and then the Sackler family happened to make the money by making <laughs> OxyContin. And so Tufts decided... Not to give the money back, not to unbuild the buildings, right? But just simply that the honorable thing to do would be to dissociate themselves from the person who gave them the money without giving the money back. DEA data shows more than 100 billion pain pills saturated the nation over the nine years 2006 through 2014. 100 billion pain pills. That's a lot of drugs. A lot and of drugs. that will build a lot of buildings at Tufts University. So how does that compare to, like, heroin and meth? Because none of us, none of us really a, know what that stuff costs. <laughs> that would, well, I mean, that I mean, would be, be a really interesting, you know, comparison. Yeah. Now, no, Tony doesn't know. No. Uh, and this, but I think uh, the, the argument, the, the, the kind of the 2020 view, looking back on the past decade, was that this single advance, if you want to call it an advance, in pain management and the marketing of these new drugs, in fact, created a generation of opioid addicts who then, after our efforts, and, and we'll talk about that, I think maybe it looks like next show, to try to rein this in, basically they went to illicit drugs in order to satisfy a craving that may have been created by, again, the aggressive marketing of these medicines. And the lawsuits and the lawsuits and the lawsuits keep coming off this. The Sackler family, obviously in disgrace, uh, a name scrubbed from the Tufts University buildings. What I saw was, uh, of course, then uh, suing the distributors. 
the pharmacies because a practicing pharmacist, in some people's view, should have known. Now, keep in mind, I, I want to take you for a moment back to 2009, 2010, when they, they first started marketing this, there were a group of pain experts, and many of them were paid by Purdue Pharma. I did research for them that said, uh, look, this, this is a new way of treating pain. Pain is the fifth vital sign. Pain is to be treated, uh, as a matter of fact, lawsuits, malpractice lawsuits, occurred because pain was not adequately treated. Did the hospital, one of the satisfaction questions is always, did the hospital address your needs for pain? And so out came a new medicine, out came new guidelines, and the pharmacies and pharmacists, uh, there were prescriptions from uh, practicing healthcare providers for these medications, uh, and they honored them. And now uh, they are getting caught up in this wave of lawsuits. And in Ohio, anyway, there's now a new lawsuit suing doctors for prescribing the pain medicines, a kind of a class action suit against doctors. And so we'll see how far this goes out. But uh, that was their biggest naughty person uh, in 2019 was the Sackler family. Um, And uh, I think with that, unfortunately, we have just roared through section two of our show, the second fractional portion. We are uh, ticking down. A couple of other naughty people I'll just tell you. Uh, The e-cigarette manufacturers, lots to say there. The electronic health records, because uh, they have made the practice of medicine a very, very difficult thing to do. And more at State Public Radio because they're making us take a break. We're going to take a break and come back for our third and final fractional portion. You're listening to Health Matters on Moorhead State Public Radio. For MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. The Northeast AHEC connects students to careers, professionals to communities, and communities to better health. The Northeast AHEC strives to improve the supply and distribution of healthcare professionals through community and academic educational partnerships. More information is available online at neahec.org. Hello and welcome back. This is the third and final fractional portion of Health Matters. I'm Rick Phillips. I'm Shelley Irving. I'm Dr. Tony Weaver. This is the 2020 A New Hope show. A New Hope dashed in the uh, first two fractal portions of our show. It looks darn lot like 2019. We've sure ruined your decade. Yeah, and, and I'm talking too much, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through the sponsor real quick. 40, Super, 48 words he's going to go 48 through. 48 words. Don't smoke. Get vaccinated. Avoid trans fats. Place saturated fats with unsaturated if you can. Cook from whole ingredients. Minimize restaurant meals. Minimize ultra-processed foods. Cultivate relationships, Rick, my friend. Okay. Shelly. My coworker. Okay. Ooh, not your friend. No. Okay. Culti- well, you need to cultivate a relationship here, don't you, Shelly? I think that's what we're saying. Nurture sleep, drink alcohol at most moderately. And the health matters says don't, don't drink. drink. Yeah, I think we can say that. Mm-hmm. Exercise as often as you can enjoy. And I think exercise should be fun. And then finally, drink only the calories you love. Uh, empty calories are a very difficult thing for your body to process. Did he just say I can have all the shakes I want? Maybe. Drink only the calories you love. I love shakes. In the minimum amount, (laughs) (laughs) a sip of shake now and then. (laughs) Yeah, hey, but it was. We'll go into business. We will do a sip of shake. We'll, we'll we'll make this. You know, instead of a steak and shake, we'll do a sip of shake. And all you do is you get a little cup of shake, and it's not going to hurt you that much. It's only the amount that you have to have. As long as I can order six or seven of them, I'm fine. Yeah, because isn't it the amount that makes you happy? 
or satisfied. You did say, you know, only only what makes you happy. Now, there's the thing: the the amount that makes you happy is a moving target. If you give me a sip of shake, I am not going to be happy with that after the first week. No, I think that could be my problem. At any rate, that is, in fact, the how to be healthy in just 48 words. And thanks to Dr. Yanni Friedhoff, a regular contributor uh, to the Mm -hmm. New York Times and professor of family Mm -hmm. medicine at the University of Ottawa, for those 48 words. Now. Uh, I am tired of talking, so I want to hear from Rick what you found at the Consumer Electronics Show in 2020. 2020. Yeah, no, Tony, you know I make an annual pilgrimage out to Las Vegas. I've been doing this for uh, seven, eight years now, uh, where I go out and, and spend some time with 180,000 of my closest friends. And we, we all walk around and rub elbows together, literally. Cultivating relationships. Cultivating relationships, lots yeah. and lots of relationships. This place is huge, right? Well, it takes up about half of Vegas. I mean, I, I've got maps that show where it was, where the show was actually <clears throat> presenting things, and it's about, well, not a half. It's probably like thirty or forty percent of all the casinos, hotels, and casinos, and, and convention space in Vegas. It's pretty amazing. It's it's huge. Um, no, nobody can see it all in four days. The four days that it runs, uh, I probably walked for you know hours a day and I, I may have gotten to 50 or 60 percent of it in the convention centers not not the hotels so it's a pretty massive thing interestingly enough consumer electronics show is the opportunity for buyers to meet sellers and then there are people like me who are considered what they call an affiliate who basically just want to see what's coming around the bend right um so you know i go because i love tech I, all things tech you know, and I, and I try to take the work responsibilities and make sure I see those. I spent, for, from a University of Kentucky standpoint, you know, we're actively engaged in a smart cities uh, process. We're trying to be a smart campus. There are many, many things coming down the pike with 5G cell phones and smart campuses that allow you to basically monitor or manage everything uh, through technology, right? So interestingly enough, just a, a quick thing is there's, there's a thing called LIDAR, L-I-D-A-R, and it's basically – if you put it in kind of layman's terms, it's basically, if you think of radar, with laser or with light, I mean. So they basically do, uh, they can generate imagery with these LIDAR machines. And, and they're accurate enough that the four, we could be walking down the street together, and this LIDAR would, would maybe call Tony person A. Shelly, you'd be person B, and I'd be person C. And then if a person D comes along, it would be smart enough to know there's a person D. And then if Tony left us and came back to us, it would say, hey, person A came back. So it's, a, it's, it's smart enough to in individualize per people, yet it doesn't have identity with it. So I'm not trying to, you know, it's not a big brother thing. They don't know it's Tony Weaver. They just know that. Person A. It's person A. It's right. right. But you could see. I mean, you could pair that with facial recognition. Or if you had a face you were following through town. You could say, well, the suspect, the perp, was uh, at this block at this time. Certainly, and and, and what what I, th- I try to think of it more from a, from a little bit different vantage point. So what it would tell me is that you know, person you know one through thirty thousand is here all the time, but boy, there's this new one that just cropped up. It's thirty thousand and one, and why are they always hanging out in front of the gun store? I I think you know it's 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 trying to look at put in context to the people moving around about the smart city, right, or the smart campus. Did you see a non-security use for that, or is it pretty much uh, It's security. I mean, yeah. it's really just security. There, there's probably some analytics that you could sell to businesses, like people like to walk this corridor, people like to look, you know, they're looking at this sign. There, there's probably things you could do like that, but I think 
right now it's probably a public safety thing, right? Um, and, and then obviously they're equipping cars with LIDAR so that they can build imagery around the car and drive autonomously and know what's, what's going on in the, in the environment around the car. So it's really good for that. So that's all kind of standard fare stuff. So I, I get that stuff out of the way, you know, look at, okay, what are the things that are going to show up in our dorm rooms? And, you know, what are, what's going to need Wi-Fi? What's going to need Bluetooth? Is there some new wireless technology that I'm going to have to deal with for interference? I mean, cellular technology. Uh, one of the big things coming out now is, you know, there's a thing called CBRS where you can actually, <laughs> Tony, you remember back in the CB days, Citizen Band Radio? Yeah. They're actually breaker, bringing breaker. it back. They're bringing back Citizen Band Radio. It's, mm-hmm. or they call it CBRS, but uh, it's it's essentially privatized cell service. So I could build, a, for the University of Kentucky, I could build a cellular network on UK's campus and then sign a roaming agreement with AT&T, and so you would come onto the UK network, and then we roam you out to AT&T, your provider. And so it allows me to build a, a good wireless cellular network that would give our, our people good coverage in all places and then pair with the companies. And then and that way I'm not having to build a network for AT&T and a network for Verizon and a network for T-Mobile and Sprint. I could build. I build one network and peer with them all, as opposed to building four different ones on different frequencies. Hmm. So it's it's kind of cool. So they're they're bringing back the whole privatized radio bands. Um, but then you get into the healthcare stuff and the, and the healthcare stuff. So I I'm done with the whole uh, you know campus stuff and I start moving towards healthcare. So I got to tell this one little story. It's actually not a little story. It's actually a really big story. I mean, really big. Now. People, this is radio. Uh, now, yeah, if you would, just put your, uh, you're listening out there. I want you to turn and face the radio. Rick is going to say something profound here. No, it so won't be profound. So you need to put down your cell phones and your distractions. It will not attention. be profound. But I will put this in context. I am a big guy. I am six foot two. I'm over 300 pounds. I am not a small, would never be described as a small person, right? So rarely do I, A, bump into somebody and feel like I hit a wall, or B, I really have to look up to people. So I'm walking through the aisle, and what do I do? I look up, and about three or four foot in front of me, there's this gargantuan person. And I look, and I realize this person's walking towards me, but not looking at me. And as they start to turn around, they're now three feet from me, and their strides are quite large because they're very tall. And then it dawns on me, oh, my gosh, that's Shaquille O'Neal. He's wandering up and down the aisles, looking at the. He's cool. He's he's checking out the cool. Rick Phillips, uh, formerly a mere co-host on Health Matters, has had a personal, a close personal encounter with Shaquille well, O'Neal. I am walking. I am looking at what now is absolutely Shaquille O'Neal, and I am thoroughly impressed because he is a, a, a he is a first off he was a very good basketball player, and you know he's a very good guy. He, on the other hand, decides not. To turn around and look at where he's going, and walks right into me. Bumped, it one was, might say. I, he he. I literally bumped into Shaq. I have seen video on the internet of two cruise ships that collided. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this in was Cozumel. this was this was like two big cruise ships hitting each other. <laughs> I did not win the battle. <laughs> I absolutely did not win. And for the first time in my life, I was weak need. <laughs> I'm trying to stabilize myself to keep from falling down. Now, 
It was a, it was a very light. I mean, it was nothing. I mean, he he was he just happened to be turning around looking at the people behind him. It was just yeah. it was one of those chance things. It was just kind of cool. I Did he apologize? Did he speak? Well, to he you? just turned around, and looked at me, and gave me a little smile. It was kind of it was kind of cute, you know. It was, it was all it was all good. We we knew it was all right. He he was looking behind him. He turned around. It was, this all happened in like. 1.27 seconds. Right. Um, so you got his autograph. No, I did not. He kept right on walking. And I was not going to yell, hey, Shaq, come back. Yeah. So I took pictures as he was walking away from me, <laughs> you know, so that I could at least tell people I'm not lying. The guy was three feet in front of me. He, he could have at least, you know, did a photo op with Well, you. because when I, I mean, said on yeah. Facebook, hey, I bumped into Shaq, I meant that literally. Yeah. I yeah. literally bumped into Shaq. It was pretty cool. But I'm telling you, gargantuan man. All right. Huge. Now, Health, health At some issues. point, I get past the, the the celebrities that are there, and I get to some of the health tech. So what, is, what does CES mean for what's coming down the pike for technology in the hospital? The wearables are huge, right? So we're starting to put you know, blood glucose monitoring in the wearable, and it's a, like at a one-day patch, and your your watch goes over where you would normally, you know, be. I guess you would prick the skin and... The patch would cover the prick, and then next thing you know, you get the the watch over the patch, and it's able to do some kind of all day monitoring. Which you know, I'm not a diabetic; I don't have to monitor my blood glucose. I've, but isn't it great? But, After but, all these years, we have once again reinvented and found a use for the watch. Watches had gone oh, away. Dude, watches are hip; they're, they're the thing now. Watches are going to be the thing again. Um, so, so then I'm looking at more wearables. The, the real impressive wearable that I found was there was a watch that was able to – so the watches today monitor sleep. They monitor blood pressure – or not really blood pressure, but pulse, uh, heart rate through pulse, you know, all this stuff. But it's all kind of pressure sensitive, anything they can measure with pressure. They've never really been able to measure electrical, right? And, and we know ECG, your electrocardiogram, your, your, is the electrical components of your heart. Well, they've managed to get a watch now that can – it's not true ECG, but it's good enough that it can detect AFib and flutter, right? So when your heart's really doing bad things, it can detect it. Well, that's, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have thought that was a big deal, but I, my dad has AFib. I know, I've known at least four or five people that have, as they get older, AFib becomes a problem. And to detect it, it's, you know, it's, it's a good idea to be able to, to detect it. And right now, medically, we don't have any idea whether it matters if you spend 10% of your time in AFib or 90% of your time. It, it's the same. The treatments are pretty much the same. It may be if we get enough data to separate that out, we can, that may make a difference is how much the time Absolutely. I mean, regular. so now you're going to end up in five, three to five years, you're going to have probably a bunch of the population walking around acting as a big old AFib sensor for you. And, and yeah, you're going to help the individual people, you know, by doing that. But also collectively, all that information you just talked about is now researchable. And we're going to be able to find out how bad is AFib. Yeah. And, and you possibly put that with even LIDAR, detect it. Really and you can say, well, I don't know who person C is, but he has AFib. Well, if you can get him to wear the watch. Yeah, that's true. You got to get him to wear the watch. Now, now there were some baby. <laughs> hey, it's funny you say that. <laughs> there were is, some. Really there is. were some lidar-based baby monitors that would tell you when the baby's breathing, not breathing. You know that sort of thing. So they could actually determine if the baby was not behaving correctly. <clears throat> Gee, this sounds like this is. I mean, if it's not too expensive, lidar is going to be everywhere. Oh, absolutely, it will be. It will absolutely be everywhere. It's okay. it's crazy and it's so accurate. It it builds these beautiful radar images that look. I mean. You could actually see yourself waving if, like, they'd set up these demonstrations where you could walk in front of lidar and wave your hand, and you can—I mean—you can literally make out your fingers moving. It's that detailed, uh, so it's—it's pr- it's pretty impressive. They can see a baby breathing in a, in a in a crib, 
Now, there was a ton of tech around babies, uh, it was, which was funny. They got cribs that move and bassinets that automatically rock. And they got uh, literally clothing you, that pregnant mothers can wear that will monitor the baby. Well, why not? Yeah. So yeah. that you can actually know there's a heart rate or there's a, you know, I mean, everything's all good. And the you know, pregnant mother can be very uh, uh, confident, right? Which I think sometimes confidence or lack of confidence creeps in at certain stages of pregnancy. And every every pregnant mother probably sometimes experiences a, a scare with, well, I, I don't know what's going on, at least in the more modern decades. Right. Um, uh, so anyway, there was some cool stuff around that. But to me, my pinnacle working in medical equipment was when I got to kind of piddle around and start understanding and working on uh, MRIs, right? So magnetic resonance imaging, big magnets, take all the poles in your body, line them to the north, hit them with RF, knock them out, make them vibrate, and they come back and they resonate at a certain sound, and then we can build an image based on that, right? So a lot of the water molecule, molecules in your body form a different density. They have different densities. They form different sound patterns, which makes for a different image, right? Pretty cool stuff. These are big old rooms with big old magnets. Oh, yeah. You can't even go near them with anything metal. Exactly. It, they, it is life-threatening to bring metal into one of those rooms. Exactly. So what do I do when I turn the corner and I see this thing that looks like the robot on the Lost in Space, the old 70s uh, Lost in Space? Danger Will Robinson. Yeah, if you take off the glass part above, you know, the kind of the top half, it looked kind yeah. of like that. And it was a portable MRI unit. It was rollable. You could take it around the hospital. You could put it up. And it, it I don't think it did anything but head. But but we know in a small hospital, head trauma mm-hmm. is probably the one thing that you need to know whether to ship a patient or not, whether you keep them or ship them. And you could you could literally cut the time down to do that MRI by rolling the MRI straight to the patient in the trauma room. And we talked about this in the break. Then, then I mean, anything metal in that emergency room is headed for that machine. Depending on how they've managed to get the sensitivities, it's possible they turn the magnetism. It's not as strong as it needs to be, maybe because it just does head. Maybe they're putting a, a special belt. I, I wasn't able to talk to them about how the tech works, and, and frankly, at this stage of the game, they're not going to tell you because there's competition involved. But the fact is, is coming to a neighborhood near you, portable MRI. Which, if you remember how they, the claustrophobicity of uh, uh, one of those big MRI scanners, again, that they now have open MRI, and it sounds like we are about to enter an entirely new generation. Of Absolutely, MRI it, it was. It was really. It was pretty. Pretty cool seeing all that. You know, we're going to need to hear more from the Consumer uh, Electronics Show, and also we've got tons of material. We'll, we're going to have to come back and do this next week. Meanwhile, I guess it's time to get us off the air, Rick. Well, that was fun. Special thanks to our Moorhead State Public Radio producer, Shamari Mosley, and to Eric Bilbrey, who wrote our Health Matters theme song, and to you, our loyal radio fans. Remember to show your support for Health Matters by visiting our digital empire. To listen to the show, go to wmky.org or visit us on Facebook. Just do a search for HM Radio Show. For our radio crew and the supported folks at the Northeast Hack, thanks for listening to our show. And remember, in many ways, Health Matters is similar to the new flu medicine, Zofluza. Over-the-counter medicines just treat symptoms, but Health Matters and prescription Zofluza work differently. They attack the flu virus at its source with just one dose. They can help you feel better in just over two days, but you need to listen to our show within 48 hours of your first symptom. Health Matters and Zofluza work with just one dose. On the average, most patients felt better in 2.3 days versus 3.3 days with placebo. Did you get that 2.3 and 3.3? That's, that's pretty precise. That is. 
Prescription Zofluza comes in two tablets taken at the same time. Health Matters comes as a one-hour show, which you can listen to anytime. Health Matters and Zofluza are safe for the treatment of the flu. In clinical trials, side effects with Zofluza were similar to or lower than placebo. Health Matters causes nausea and disgust, but symptoms stop when you turn off your radio. Zofluza is a prescription medication used to treat the flu in people 12 years of age and older who have had flu symptoms for no more than 48 hours. Health Matters is just a radio show for mature adults. It is not known if Zofluza is safe and effective in children younger than 12 years of age or weighing less than 88 pounds. Health Matters is definitely not safe for children. Please have mercy on your kids. Do not take Zofluza if you're allergic to Baloxavir, Marboxyl, or any of the ingredients in Zofluza. Now, if you know what those things are, maybe you should just start your own drug company. Before you listen to Health Matters, tell your healthcare provider about all of your medical conditions, including if you plan to become pregnant. It is not known if Zofluza or Health Matters can harm your unborn baby. But whatever you do, don't take this stuff lying down. See your healthcare provider within 48 hours if you develop symptoms of the flu. Also, get out this week, make a healthy change in your life, and tune in next week for more exciting news from the world of medical research on Morehead State. Public Radio. Support for Health Matters on MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. Additional information on the Northeast AHEC is available online at neahec.org.